0: La 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 Hello beautiful people and welcome to MIDI the Podcast, a modern day podcast designed to answer all of your weird and wonderful pregnancy and postpartum questions. I'm your host, Monique Maitland, qualified midwife and nurse, founder of the MIDI Society, and someone who is about to become your personal in-pocket midwife and virtual best friend. The Midi Society is a community-based platform where we interview leading healthcare professionals, new mummers and everyday people who share with us their experiences and reveal what they wish they knew before becoming a parent. So buckle up for this crazy and exciting ride. I'll be talking all things tits, bits, spew and poo. Alright, let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome back to Midi the Podcast. Today I am doing a solo episode which has been a while since my last solo education episode and it's going to be on everything to do with what to pack in your hospital bag. My goodness, I feel like this is a question that I get asked all the time and I tell you what, over the last four and a bit years of my career I have seen some questionable things being brought in uh, but also a lot of common things forgotten. So hopefully after listening to this short, sharp episode, you will know exactly what Tupac... And of course, what to not pack. So hopefully it helps you and also tells you things that you don't really need to waste your money on and buy and also clear up what the hospital provides and what you need to bring in. So we will get into that shortly. But first of all, a little update in my life. Um, Midi has been extremely busy. My birth classes have been booked out the last few class sessions and the upcoming sessions are also booked out, which is amazing. I'm absolutely loving every second of teaching new parents. And I just feel so blessed that this is what I get to do because, you know, I've dreamed of it for so long. And now my passion is really a reality, which is amazing. So if you're looking for a birth class, I do offer private face-to-face and group and online classes, a bit of everything. So feel free to come along. I also forgot to say in other news, which is probably the most exciting news of all, I have a fur baby, my little golden retriever. He's 13 weeks now. His name's Ralph. And oh my goodness, puppies are like children. He definitely had me sleep deprived for the first few weeks. Thankfully, now things are settling and we've toilet trained him and it's great. In terms of my hospital career, it's been very busy at work. Uh, (laughs) I mean, when isn't it? I think I've worked the last like nine out of 10 days. Two days of them were teaching classes, but otherwise I've been at the hospital and been on night shift. So it's just been bloody busy. A lot of what I've seen in the hospital over the last couple of weeks is I've mainly been in birth center and looking after women who are being induced, which has been amazing. There has been a combination of normal vaginal births cesareans and also instrumental birth so by the vacuum or forceps but otherwise I actually did my perineal suturing class so learned everything about repairing the perineum because you know 80% of women will have some form of perineal tear or vaginal wall tear uh, which is a quite a significant statistic but that's a whole other podcast episode so yeah I'm currently learning how to repair the perineum which is exciting but also terrifying <laughs> in terms of learning because you know you sort of just have to get into it people don't realize but we don't actually get taught that in university we have to upskill and do like a study day to yeah become competent in it so that's exciting and stay tuned I will keep you updated with how I go but then there's just one thing that I want to touch on, and that was yesterday I was actually doing my home visits. So in Melbourne, we fortunately get to go visit women at home once they've had their baby. It's one of my favourite things to do. I think it's so special to be able to have one on one time with a woman and her family rather than worrying about, you know, potentially five other women and their babies <laughs> in the postnatal ward. But one thing that I definitely find very obvious when women do transition home is there is a big focus on the baby gaining weight. You know we know that babies lose weight to begin with and they often get weighed at 48 to 72 hours old and they can lose up to 10% of their body weight which is really really normal. But often if the weight loss is you know close to 10% or just above 10% these poor mums feel so, so concerned that one, am I doing enough for this baby? Am I giving enough? Are they feeding enough? How do I know if they're full? Do I give them more? Do I need to give formula? Should I be expressing? And you can see how that mental load just increases really significantly. And you know, straight away I go, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's not worry too much yet. Let's weigh your baby. And then of course, we'll see how much weight they've lost and we'll put in a plan in place after that now most of the time we're visiting women anywhere sort of from day two to day four even a bit later on so we know they'll lose weight to begin with but also thinking about the whole picture and this is the main focus of why i'm telling you this is your milk doesn't transition in until anywhere around you know day three to day six and depending if you've lost a lot of blood or potentially you've had a cesarean, we know that those common things that we see can actually have an impact on when our milk transitions in. So, you know, of course, for a mum who knows that their baby's lost a certain amount, they're so worried and so stressed at home and I put the baby on the scales and, you know, all of a sudden they've gained anywhere sort of between 30 grams to I think yesterday a baby gained 130 grams in a day, which is amazing. We'd be happy with at least a 20 gram weight gain in a day. And you know, once these mums see that their baby has gained weight, they're like, oh my goodness, I was doing the right thing. And I'm like, of course you were doing the right thing. But before when we weighed your baby, they were only two days old or four days old and your milk yet wasn't in. And now it's in and they're getting everything that they need to. So the moral of the story is be kind to yourself. Trust yourself that you're doing the right thing because I promise you 99.9% of the time you are. And if your baby loses weight, your midwives or any um, maternal child health nurse who is helping you in this journey will be able to put a plan in place. But there is such a big pressure on mums for their babies to gain weight and hit these milestones, which I know is important. But also, you just need to reassure yourself that what you're doing right now is enough and okay. But anyway, that's my rant from my midwife life and now it's, you know, time to jump into the hospital bag episode which I'm sure is going to be popular because honestly, I get asked this question all the time and actually, I'm already going to say it, disclaimer, it is very simple, you do not need to overstress what you pack in your hospital bag. But first of all, let's talk about something that probably influences what you pack in your hospital bag the most and that is one, the length of stay. Now, this week there was an article posted by The Age and it was all about how the hospital stay following birth is rapidly decreasing and women are being sent home way too quickly after birth and i'm just going to read a stat that came from that article and basically it did show that the average number of days women spend in the hospital following childbirth has steadily declined from three days in 2011 To two and a half days in 2021. So in 2021, most mothers had a postnatal stay of three days or fewer. So that was around 75% of women. Now, once this article got posted, we sort of did have a conversation about it, me and some of my colleagues, because we were like, one, we know that this is shit that women have to get sent home really quickly. But on the flip side, we were like, how the hell are we going to fix this? Because one, we don't have enough beds in the hospital and two, we don't have enough staff in the hospital to then allow these women to stay longer. And the thing to note about especially public hospitals is unfortunately, it still is a business and that's crap to say and that's why I think it's important to educate yourself so you can advocate for yourself. But unfortunately, we do actually have to move women in and through the birth centre and through the postnatal ward So, that we can then get them out and make room for someone else to come in. Because otherwise, we actually wouldn't have beds. Women wouldn't have birth center beds to birth in. Women wouldn't have postnatal beds to stay in. And there's a whole range of why beds get occupied. You know, we're thinking of women who have more complications in birth. They sometimes take up longer hospital stays, which of course is really important. There's women that might have any psychiatric sort of history or concerns. So, they will then once again, need to have a longer and extended stay so that they have the supports in place ready to go home and look after their baby safely. So as someone who works as an in-charge on the postnatal ward, I see this issue all the time because actually sometimes we don't have beds for patients to move in and our only option is to get a woman out and get her home to make room for someone who's just come into birth. Do we want to move people in and out this quick? No, definitely not. Midwives don't want to. But also something that I say all the time to women is we will not discharge you home unless we think it is safe for you to go home and that you're going to be okay. And also following up with that, we will visit you in the next couple of days and check in with you. But if there's any concern, like you haven't actually attached your baby to the breast yet, or you're not feeling well in yourself, or medically you're unstable or your baby is unstable, of course, we are not going to send you home. So please be reassured by that. So what are the normal lengths of hospital stays in a public hospital? Of course, private hospitals are a little bit different and you will have a longer hospital stay, but Once again, you're paying extra for those stays. So that's why you have a long hospital stay. But for a first time mum that has had an uncomplicated normal vaginal birth, you're looking at anywhere between a one night stay to a two night stay. So going home two days after having a baby, um, or some women might choose to go home earlier. For someone that's had a baby before and had a normal vaginal birth with no complications, they will be suggested to go home within that first 24 hours. So that's a one night stay. Then for a woman who has a caesarean we would recommend a three-day stay. So usually two nights, three days or even sometimes three nights depending on how the woman is going. And then of course if you're someone who has lost a lot of blood after birth or that is having bladder complications after birth or if for example your baby is a smaller baby and needs a couple of weight gains or if they have jaundice that requires treatment, then you're not going to be sent home. Then I quickly just want to touch on this. If you're someone who's given birth and unfortunately your baby has gone to the nursery and they're going to stay there for a couple of days, you once again will be discharged because... We know that these mums spend a lot of time in the nursery and not actually a lot of time in their room which is totally reasonable and understandable but you still would follow those same sort of guidelines that I spoke about with terms of length of stay depending on the type of birth. Um, the only time that you will be able to stay a bit longer is and of course we want to keep mums and babies together is if we know that your baby is going to be discharged out of the nursery soon and back to you. Most hospitals can allow women to go back home as short as six hours after birth. So if you're someone that's looking for a shorter hospital stay, you can do the six hours after birth option. Hardly need to pack a hospital bag at all. Now in terms of the hospital bag and what to pack, now you can tell by obviously what I've just spoken about, you're not actually going to be in hospital for long. So you don't need as much as you think. So let's start with the question of when should you actually start to pack your hospital bag? And honestly, I swear women leave this to the very last minute because they put it in the too hard basket or the I can't be bothered basket because it's too complicated and too stressful. But you know, it's such an exciting time because you're packing it as you know that you're one step closer to meeting your little baby. And of course, there's no specific rule or time of when you should have your hospital bag packed. Um, But I always say to women, Try not to leave it to last minute because it's so much easier to get it done and get it out of the way. And then if you forget something or if you think you want to add something in later on, you can always do that. Now, my advice would be get your hospital bag completed by around 36 weeks because we know a term pregnancy is from 37 weeks of pregnancy. But sometimes babies come a little bit early and of course we don't know when they come. (laughs) But if you at least have packed your hospital bag by 36 weeks, then you're probably going to be safe and hopefully not have to worry about it or pack it quickly if you have a premature labour. I think the hardest thing for women when packing their hospital bags is you don't know the outcome of how your labour and birth is going to be. So you think, I don't know how long I'm going to be in hospital for, therefore I don't know what I should pack. But what I always say is, Hopefully you will have someone that can always go and grab you more things if you need it. So if you're packing for average 3 day stay, 2 nights, 3 days, you're probably going to cover it. And if you forget something or if you run out of something, most likely the hospital's already going to have it. Or someone, a partner, a friend or a family member can just go and get it for you and bring it back to the hospital. I promise you, whatever you forget is not going to be detrimental. You're going to be fine regardless if you have it or if you don't. Women often ask, what if I end up having a cesarean or do I need to pack differently for a cesarean birth or a vaginal birth? And short answer to this is absolutely not. I honestly feel like you can pack exactly the same for both types of modes of birth and regardless of the outcome of your birth, the mode of birth, birth is birth and you've still done an incredible job. Just thought I'd add that in there. (laughs) But really the only difference would be the length of stay. So just pack for around three days or four days if you want to cover yourself and you feel a bit anxious for packing for three days and you will have more than enough I promise. And you'll find out that babies don't actually need as much as we think. So my advice would be don't overthink the packing. If you want to, just add an additional piece of clothing for you and your baby in case that length of your stay increases. And, you know, that could be for the cesarean or any other complications. Um, But once again, if you forget anything or notice you don't have any additional clothing, call upon that village of support and they can drop something off. Okay so what the heck are we actually putting in our hospital bag? Now my advice would be break it up into three different areas. So obviously we've got mum and baby but then for yourself you need to think about what are you going to use for the labour and birth that you need to bring in and then what are you going to use for postpartum and I'll actually talk about what the partner or your support person should bring in but I'll do that at the end. So, in terms of packing a hospital bag for the labour and birth, there's a few things that you need to consider and I always recommend, first of all, having a conversation with your healthcare provider to see actually what are they going to provide. So, most of all, we're going to be thinking of, you know, what are we going to have for our birth space essentials? Are we bringing in a portable speaker? Are we considering bringing in some fairy lights because they make the room seem absolutely magical? Are we bring in a salt lamp or does the hospital already provide that maybe you'd like to use a diffuser or maybe the hospital already has a diffuser and you just need to bring in some essential oils and that goes for the same thing with a birth ball leave your birth ball at home because really your hospital should have birth balls I always say to the women that I teach in my birth classes I recommend bringing in a birth mat just because hospital floors can become quite hard if you've been standing or kneeling on them for a while and for me I can never find a birth mat in the labor and birth suite. So I always recommend women to bring that in. But once again, have that conversation with your healthcare provider and see if they actually have them. Then, of course, after the birth, you can get rid of your birth mat. That doesn't need to come into the postnatal ward with you. Then my next packing tip would definitely be invest in a water bottle, which has a straw. And the reason for that is because women in labor, one, they don't really like to drink a lot of water in general. But also having a straw just makes it so much easier to take a sip of water when you're forced to drink I would also really recommend lip balm. Please get yourself a lip balm because your lips actually get really dry in labor. Think of how hard your body is going to be working and you will perspirate. So basically you'll become drier. And especially if you're someone that's using the gas, so the nitrous oxide or the happy gas as a form of pain relief, because you're sort of breathing through the mouthpiece, your lips do get quite dry so I find a lot of women wishing that they brought lip balm in then you're going to be thinking snacks 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 one snacks for you or one snacks for your partner make sure you actually bring some snacks in because I'm going to be honest with you here hospital food sucks and you're not going to want to eat that when you're in labor but also you're going to enjoy eating your own snacks that you've brought in so please bring in your own snacks Then in terms of what do you actually wear when you're in labor, I get asked this all the time, most of the time women don't really wear too much. They'll either wear like a sports bra or a crop top of some sort and then if you think about labor and birth, there's a lot that's going to be coming out from discharge or mucusy show or maybe it's even your waters that are coming out. So lots of women might start with undies on and a pad on and then gradually (laughs) they just take them off. Most women will, though, labor with some sort of crop top on. So just have a think about what you need to bring in for the labor. Now, hopefully you already have your TENS machine on. But if you don't, please bring your TENS machine. I do have a discount code for the Amazing Bliss Birth, which I'll put in the show notes for you guys. But that is probably all you need for the actual labor and birth packing list. Not much. Once again, I told you, you don't actually need too much. Then for postpartum so what do you actually need to pack for yourself? So if you've listened to my podcast for the last few months you would know that we talk a lot about blood loss after birth and what is normal. So you're going to bleed for up to six weeks postpartum and obviously in the first few days you're going to be bleeding a lot more heavily than you would later on postpartum. So, of course, you're going to need maternity pads and you're probably going to need more than you think because we would recommend changing your pads anywhere between two to three hourly. Now, in terms of what pads, so you can pack your generic maternity pads. Otherwise, you can invest in more of your pull-up sort of disposable pads. Uh, and Panties is an incredible brand which was designed by a midwife. They're really amazing for after birth but then it's totally up to you with whatever you feel most comfortable using, whether that's just going to be the slip-in pads or the full pull-up disposable pads. So I would certainly be buying about two packets of maternity pads to bring in. Now, whilst we're on the topic of pads and sort of the perineum and the down below area, people will ask and be thinking about ice packs. Do I need to pack ice packs? Absolutely not. Your hospital should definitely provide these. Save all of your ice packs for home. Then in terms of undies, so obviously if you're wearing your pull-up disposable pads you definitely won't need to be wearing your undies on top of that but if you are you know going to be using disposable pads please invest in darker underwear so I would highly recommend bringing in black undies I can't tell you how many women bring in white undies and just there is still going to be blood after birth so definitely (laughs) stay away from the white undies. You also want to find the undies that are the most comfortable. Invest in a bigger size, maybe one to two sizes bigger, just so they're not too tight and uncomfortable for you. So I'm talking about getting those granny undies. You know, you don't need to be wearing any beautiful skimpy sort of underwear. Get yourself a pair of granny undies because ideally, We would like, and this is for women who might end up having a cesarean emergency or an elective, I would definitely recommend buying in undies that one either sort of go above where your caesarean wound would be or below. Because if you think about it, if you have undies that are just sitting on that area, what's it gonna do? It's gonna put more pressure in that area and actually contribute to more pain. So moral of the story, go and invest in those granny undies. I would probably be packing around five to six pairs of undies, but once again, if you need more, someone can go and grab them for you. Okay, then going with undies, you definitely need some maternal. Bras, So pack around two different maternity bras. You definitely don't need more because they're not really going to be getting too dirty. Or often women will just be wearing those maternity singlets and they won't actually wear a bra or then they actually might not be wearing a bra at all and they'll just be freeing the nip. Every option is welcome. Then in terms of actual clothing, so this is totally up to you. I would say just bring three sorts of comfy outfits which you can mix and match. I would definitely be going for more of those darker colors rather than the lighter colors just because sometimes we know women have some leakage and you're looking for comfort, okay? We're not looking for style. Just pack whatever is going to make you feel comfortable, a looser option for around your waist is going to be more comfortable. And remember, once your baby is birth, your tummy is not going to go back to normal. You're still going to have a tummy that looks like you could still be pregnant, FYI. And then just like the undie situation, find a pair of pants that either sit above or below where that potential caesarean wound could be. So maybe you pack one pair of tracky pants, one pair of shorts or one pair of leggings for example. In terms of the tops, absolutely whatever tops you want. Like I said, most women will pack around three breastfeeding singlets but then One thing to note about breastfeeding singlets is when you're trying to establish your breastfeeding routine, we would recommend as much skin to skin as possible. So think about the breastfeeding singlets. They sort of only expose one breast at a time and completely cover your tummy. So you won't actually get that benefit of the skin to skin which we all know is really really great for both you and your baby and to establish your breastfeeding routine. So I always say get a big shirt that you can sort of unbutton and open up so your baby could still have all those benefits of skin to skin. I think that's a really good tip. The hospitals can get a little cold sometimes and of course there's blankets there but I would just pack one comfy jumper that you could chuck on or a cardigan to also just give you some more comfort. In terms of pajamas, just pack one comfy pair of pajamas. They're not really going to get dirty and you're only going to be wearing them briefly overnight. So definitely only need one pair of PJs. Footwear options, I would definitely just be bringing in one pair of shoes, comfy shoes that are big up because you will most likely be swollen after birth and have a lot of fluid retention. So think of shoes that you can slip your feet in easily without having to bend over and really pull them on. Then, of course, you could also just pack a comfy pair of shoes like slippers or Ugg boots as well. And maybe you want to pack your thongs if you're that person that doesn't want to get into the shower barefoot. Now, I would recommend bringing in an eye mask and earplugs. Because hospitals are bloody noisy and bright, especially if you're sharing a room with one woman or two women, depends on what hospital you're at. Having just an eye mask to block out the bright lights overnight is so beneficial. You may not use your earplugs overnight whilst you're sleeping and your baby's sleeping. It might just be more for if someone's there to watch your baby during the day, you can just pop them in so you can have a really good 20-minute nap, 30-minute nap if you're able to. Make sure you don't forget your phone charger because I'm telling you, everyone forgets this. And hospitals will not have spare phone chargers. So really put that on the top of the list because everyone forgets it. And if you are bringing a phone charger, maybe invest in a longer cord just so if you're in your bed in the postnatal ward, you have more length where the phone's plugged into the wall because often it's a bit further away from where you are. Toiletries. Bring in all your toiletries from your shampoo, conditioner, soap, Um, toothpaste toothbrush deodorant etc your makeup if you want to bring makeup in go for it you're probably not going to put it on maybe you might when you go home but otherwise you're really not going to wear it but that is totally up to you now you're probably going to laugh at this but i would say bring in just a roll of toilet paper the reason why is hospital toilet paper is so bad and if you're a bit tender down below Having your own roll of toilet paper that is soft and not harsh on the area is really, really great. And if you're someone like me that loves a good sleep and quite fussy with their pillows, definitely bring in your own pillow. I think there's something nice about bringing in your own pillow and just making your postnatal bed a little bit more comfy. Another thing to pack would be hair ties. So many women don't have hair ties and it's really hard in labor. They want to tie the hair up and there's no hair ties. So pop some hair ties on your wrist. But also it's just great because often postpartum you do get quite hot. So really good to move the hair off your neck and shoulders and away from you. And my last thing on the list would be medications. If you're someone that takes specific medications, I'm not talking about your multivitamins that you take in pregnancy, but any specific medications, please bring them in and just let the hospital staff know. No. Now I do have a little optional list and the first thing on that is a peri bottle. So totally up to you. This is really great to help with the stinging that comes after having a baby if you do have some of those tears down below. Next on that list and I would definitely recommend this is some sort of compression wear because we do know that women postnatally hold onto a lot of fluid but also we don't get up and move around as much and therefore compression wear is really important to help try and move that fluid and prevent the chances of blood clots. Now that might mean buying some compression socks, shorts or leggings. I definitely would recommend the RY. They're an amazing compression brand and I will add their details in the show notes another thing is a breastfeeding pillow this is totally up to you but once again i wouldn't bring it up to the birth suite i'd literally only bring it to the postnatal ward when you need it it can be a really great tool to help assist and support your newborn to get into that right position to breastfeed so this one's totally up to you and another optional but really beneficial product would be the lactamo breastfeeding ball if you guys have ever heard of that it's small and compact it's so great to just put into your hospital bag because of that reason but Basically, what it's going to do is help massage the breast. So if you're someone that's starting to feel a bit engorged, it can be really beneficial. You can warm it up, cool it down. But also sometimes in hospital, your breasts just get touched a lot and that can be really uncomfortable. So great to have another sort of breastfeeding tool other than hands. And the last thing on my list, which you guys are probably like, what really would I need that is a little night light. And the reason for that is I absolutely love this because for overnight, it is honestly so beneficial. One for you, because if you're sharing a room or if your baby's sleeping, I feel like most women really don't want to turn the lights on because they're fearful they're going to wake up the person next to them or they're going to wake their baby up, for example. Which disclaimer, your baby will stay asleep even if you turn on the lights. But also mums just like to be able to visualize their baby the whole time overnight. So having that nightlight is great. And also as a midwife, it's so good to walk into a room and the woman have that little nightlight ready to go because it makes our job so much easier easier, just head to Kmart and pick up a cheap nightlight. That would be my advice. Now the things that you don't need. So you definitely don't need to bring in a hairdryer or a straightener. I mean you can but that is certainly optional. (laughs) I just don't think you're going to be bothered doing that and I mean kudos to you if you can but I'm telling you I have hardly ever seen someone really wash their hair, dry it and straighten it after having a baby. Save that for at home because the first few days are tough and it's all about healing. Now another thing that you don't need is your pram you don't need to bring in your pram to the postnatal ward you don't need to bring in the capsule all those things can stay in the car and then when you're ready to be discharged you can bring them up to you then the next thing i always get asked and you don't need this is a breast pump the reason for that is the hospital will supply a hospital grade breast pump if you require it Usually in the first 24 hours though, we wouldn't recommend using an electronic breast pump anyway. So if you are required to use one after 24 hours, your midwife will usually be the one to help you with that. So keep your own breast pump at home. And then I already mentioned, but you don't need to pack your own ice packs. Now that's everything for you, mamas. Hopefully you realize that you don't actually need too much at all, but now onto your little baby's bag. Okay, first of all, I feel like when people have their baby, especially first-time parents, they don't actually know what they need to wear and we would always recommend a baby to be wearing a singlet and then a onesie and of course be wrapped. So, I would recommend bringing in around five singlets just in case because babies can be a bit mucousy and vomity just in case some of them get a little bit soiled but I would say definitely five is going to cover you then in terms of onesies same thing I would just bring in around five that's probably a lot anyway but at least that will cover you and midwife tip invest in a double zipper because then when your baby does a poo you don't have to take all of their clothes off You can simply unzip it from the feet up and it just makes the nappy changes so much easier. Then you probably need around three swaddles just in case some get dirty because you know these babies vomit but they also wee unexpectedly they don't have a nappy on so pack three just to be safe. Of course the hospitals have blankets but I would bring in a blanket because that's what we use to tuck your baby in to the cot so we would have them in their singlet onesie and then swaddled and then when we pop them down at night time or when they're sleeping during the day we do put an extra blanket in to tuck them into their cot so Bring in your own blanket if you would like. All right, and then most importantly, your baby needs nappies. I can't tell you how many times parents forget to bring in nappies and... Most of the time, hospitals don't actually provide nappies. It's up to the parents. Of course, a hospital will have some sort of nappies, but it is up to the parents to bring the nappies in. The next question I'm sure you have is how many nappies do I bring in? And I would say just bring in your whole packet of nappies because you will probably go through more than you expect. And if you don't use them all, you just take them home. Funnily enough, I know I said parents sometimes forget nappies, but then sometimes parents actually just choose to bring in one nappy, thinking that that will be enough for the whole time. So no, don't bring one nappy, definitely bring more. And then what goes alongside nappies is wipes. So bring in your own wipes, depending on what type of wipes you want. Obviously, fragrance-free or water wipes are the recommended ones. Now, another little midwife tip in terms of the wipes is place a hair tie around the packet of wipes, because usually when you're pulling out the actual wipes from the packet they all get stuck and combined to one and you end up pulling out about five at once which is really annoying when you have a screaming baby and trying to get the nappy change done quickly but if you place that hair tie around the packet it just keeps the other wipes sort of stuck there and you will only pull one out at a time little hint there next on the list would be a beanie now we don't usually put beanies on babies the reason for that is when they're sleeping it's actually unsafe so it's not a safe sleeping recommendation to have a beanie on a baby but the times when you might have a beanie on your baby is straight after birth if they're a little bit cold it's really great to pop a beanie on them so that they're damp little hair that doesn't lose heat through the top of their head so we pop a beanie on and that keeps them nice and warm but of course they're going to be a little bit slimy so that beanie can get a bit dirty So then I'd simply just pack an extra beanie. So in total, two beanies. Now my other midwife tip, and this makes it so easy for straight after birth is have your baby's first outfit in a little snap lock bag because it's usually your support person <laughs> that's going to get this outfit out. And let's be honest, they're the ones that haven't packed the hospital bags or your birth bags. So they make a mess out of everything. So honestly, it's so simple. Just pa- place your baby's first outfit in a little Ziploc bag and name it baby's first outfit or whatever you want to call it so that they can just grab it and bring it out and it's done. And I forgot to say that earlier. Same thing with the first thing that you want to wear after birth because, once again, those support people are going to be the ones that go through and ruin the whole bag when they try to find what you want to wear so put a little snap lock bag of what you're going to wear first time after birth too that's literally it for your baby's bag not much they do not need much at all some of the other optional things that i have is of course a dummy now we don't recommend a dummy to be placed in a baby's mouth to begin with but if that's what you're planning on doing then you can do whatever you want to do and you shouldn't feel like you're going to be judged for doing so Another optional thing is milestone cards. Everyone wants that Instagram photo, so whether or not you're going to bring them in so you can get your little Insta photo to say, baby's here, Uh, but once again, totally up to you. Now, some of the things you don't need, which probably people are going to be surprised that you don't need it. One is bottles. You don't need to bring in bottles. If your baby needs a bottle at all, the hospital will provide that. Exact same thing with formula. You don't need to bring in your own formula because if it's indicated, your midwives are going to be the one to suggest that unless you're requesting it yourself. Um, But we would use ours from the hospital. And then last on the do not list is the mittens and socks. Honestly, I swear anytime I put mittens or socks on a baby, it just falls off or gets lost in the blankets. They don't work. So Definitely just don't even bother. I know they're cute. You might have a couple of pairs at home, but really you don't need to put them in your hospital bag. If anything, look for those baby onesies that have the fully enclosed feet and also the hand parts that can flip and go over their fingernails because their fingernails are actually quite sharp and they do usually try and scratch themselves. But take home note, Ditch the mittens and ditch the socks. Another thing is, you don't need to bring in any toys for your baby. If we see toys in your baby's cot anyway, we would be taking them out because it is not a safe sleeping environment for them. So, I think that pretty much sums up everything that mum and baby needs. But my take home notes and my packing tips would be obviously, keep that length of stay in mind. You know that probably maximum amount of time that you'd be staying in hospital would be five days but commonly it's going to be anywhere between one day two days or three days so just pack for three days if you need to add any more days someone can bring in things for you my next tip would be check with your healthcare provider on what will be supplied just to make sure that there isn't anything that i've said today that you actually need to bring in yourself And of course, leave your valuables at home, only bring in what you need to bring in because you don't know who's going to be in the hospital, unfortunately, and we'd hate for anything to go missing. And like I said, if you forget something, please don't worry, someone is going to be so happy to bring it in. Alright, and last but not least... What are these support people going to need? Now, I left them last because we don't care about them as much. But no, it is actually really important that they have a little bag themselves because we know supporting someone, they can be there through all of it and they actually could be there for quite a significant amount of time. So, good to be prepared and not underprepared. And also, in terms of if they're staying overnight, sometimes you won't know this until you go to the postnatal ward and if you're in a private room. Most of the time if you're in a private room your partner usually can stay but if you're in a shared room they won't be able to stay. So best thing is just get them to bring in one pair of clothes uh, so you have it as a backup if they are allowed to stay. So I guess that's the first thing on the list is a change of clothes and some undies. Now I do have to say this if your partner or your support person is walking around the postnatal ward or not the ward I hope not the ward your room in just their undies please tell them to put something else on because I can't tell you and I don't know why they think that this is appropriate how many men do this and as a midwife who pretty much predominantly looks after women and cares for women to walk in the room in the morning and be like hi I'm on your midwife and your partner's just there in their jocks it's really uncomfortable and extremely awkward especially if they just have a conversation. Conversation with you and you're like trying not to look awkwardly at them so yeah just disclaimer make sure your partner or support person is not just in their jocks <laughs> get them to bring their pjs or whatever trackies or whatever they want to sleep in um that's really great then, of course, just pack a little jumper or jacket to keep yourself nice and warm. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, but who knows, these people might forget. And then I always say, as a support person, you want to be involved. So if your partner or the person that you're caring for is getting into the shower, you you need to have clothes that you're willing to get wet. So pack yourself a pair of boardies. Uh, You definitely don't need speedos, although a couple that I (laughs) taught in one of my birth classes, he was like, I'm definitely getting budgie smugglers and actually went on to purchase them. But I said, maybe not appropriate (laughs) for the birth suite. But hey, if you want to go budgie smugglers, go for it. But otherwise, just something that you can get into the shower with your partner to support them. um, And you don't mind getting wet. Same thing with thongs. Then, of course, just bringing in your own toiletries, again, anything that you're going to require and please bring in your own snacks because you're going to need them and I promise you, you're going to get hungry. Well, you guys, that's the end of this episode. I hope now after listening to this, you know exactly what to pack but also what not to pack and hopefully I've cleared some gray areas up for you you can never pack your hospital bag wrong so really just pack whatever you want to but less is more we do not need suitcases and suitcases coming into the hospital I do have my own hospital bag checklist which I made with my friends from ergo pouch so if you would like access to this please just let me know and I can send it to you shoot me a dm on instagram and last but not least if there's any topics which you wish to be covered or for me to speak about please send me a message or an email or even if you want to share your own birth experience please send me an email and i'll get back to you as soon as i can have an amazing weekend everyone and i'll be back in your ears soon and remember if you are someone that's looking for a birth class please send me an inquiry or book a class via my website i would love to have you bye thank you for listening to today's episode of midi Your support means the absolute world to me. So if you loved this episode and want to stay up to date with the latest interviews and midwifery education, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For further information about this episode, please check the show notes below. If you wish to share your pregnancy and motherhood experience, you can get in touch with me by emailing hello at and find us on Instagram at at themidisociety or at Monique underscore Maitland. I cannot wait for you to join me next week. I'll be talking all things flap chat. Was that my hands or my flaps? I'll let you decide. In the meantime, I hope you have an amazing week. And remember, you're doing the best you can.